What's up, everybody? Welcome back to DGUT's Thought Lab podcast. Uh, this is going to be the audio recording of the Great Man Theory article. I just posted it, and so I'm going to do audio reading first, and then I'll dive into a little more analysis uh, as I go and at the end. So, the Great Man Theory is alluring. It's attractive to all of us. For the duration of the article, I will simply state it's assumed that man in the named theory, Great Man Theory, uh, encompasses women as women as well. Because we like to believe that we have a boundless potential deep within us that if we could just reach would lead to our eventual inevitable greatness, whatever that individual definition may be. I believe that people uh, that the people that either feel that way can't reach greatness or have tried and failed or even no longer recognize that potential within themselves are the ones that present as strident critics of the possibility and routinely attempt to debunk it for what I perceive to be selfish, shame-driven motives. This doesn't mean that I passionately believe in the theory or subscribe to it fully. As will be a constant thread in my writing and thought processes, I believe it's far more complexly nuanced than a yes or no answer. The argument for the great man theory centers around historical examples that are easy to pick out from the crowd. These usual suspects are not always the ideal, in that someone can be great at something that is evil, just as they can be diametrically opposed to that motive and simultaneously be viewed as great uh, with the more traditionally good connotation. The obvious example would be Adolf Hitler versus someone like Winston Churchill or even Franklin Delano Roosevelt. To really understand what I mean here, I think we need a clear understanding of just what this theory postulates. Carlyle explains in On Heroes, Hero Worship and the Heroic in History, Uh, that the history of the world is but the biography of great men, leading to uh, effectively asserting that the world's history is shaped only by the rise and fall of these great men, but also that great men or the great man and leader is fated, uh, basically the born not made explanation that people like to talk about in relation to strong leadership. As if human beings simply can't help themselves, they seem to gather at the polar ends of this argument with the more research I do. Much modern commentary attempts to debunk the theory by attacking the men using a stem-to-stern moral judgment of their entire lives while also focusing exclusively on the good side of great men like Churchill, uh, excuse me, Roosevelt, or Martin Luther King. They recognize their achievements then begin trying to water them down or discount them entirely because they lived human lives. Yeah, he won World War II, but Churchill was a hot-headed drunk that couldn't manage his finances. Sure, Martin Luther King created a non-violent civil rights movement that literally changed America, but he was a plagiarizing, womanizing hypocrite, completely disregarding the incredible things these men accomplished in improving the human experience for millions and outright saving lives. We also see the complete discounting of their humanity in history books and biographies spanning decades, enshrining these men as idols to fawn over instead of complex, flawed human beings that have much to teach us about the human experience and the leadership of people through adversity. These enshrinements are effectively Tolstoy's arguments against the great man theory in arguing that the leader themselves are not great. They are made great by the adulation of their followers only, which is generally blind to their darker deeds. I often wonder why great leaders seem so rare in my lifetime. The chaos theory attempts to explain away the great man as simply a happening of chance, an expected luck of the draw, 
as was the trance of Cleopatra's nose, a theory explained best by its originator, Blaise Pascal. And I quote, He who will know fully the vanity of man has only to consider the causes and effects of love. The cause is a je ne sais quoi, and the effects are dreadful. This je ne sais quoi, so small an object that we cannot recognize it, agitates a whole country, princes, armies, the entire world. Cleopatra's nose, had it been shorter, the whole aspect of the world would have been altered. The theory implies that chance led to this woman's physical features being such that she could put great men in trances and bend them all to her will, and that the same chance would have undone it. The problem with the idea is that her nose was the only piece of her that made her what she was, which seems absurd. People recognized as great are some of their parts, both physical and ethereal. Hitler's mustache is iconic because it added to his character, to the idea, to what made his appearance feel evil before we even knew the full context. It wasn't what made him evil. Martin Luther King's ability as an orator feels transcendent to any minute physical feature change that one could imagine. Another speculation I have aligns with ideas expressed by philosopher Isaiah Berlin, where he defines a great man as, and I quote, Ordinary human beings who are ignorant and vain enough to accept responsibility for the life of society, individuals who would rather take the blame for all the cruelties, injustices, disasters justified in their name than recognize their own insignificance and impotence in the cosmic flow which pursues its course irrespective of their wills and ideals. If this is true, which I think there is some truth to it, in attempting to answer my own question of why they're rare today, I look to the inescapable transparency of modern communication. The internet has made it impossible for the aforementioned dark sides to hide. Even simple human flaws, such as a head of state failing to successfully navigate a set of stairs, will be broadcast worldwide before they can recover from their embarrassment in the moment. So it's not that they're not here. It's that they're being judged, arguably far too harshly, for who they actually are versus who we could or may perceive them to be. In my mind, it stands to reason that great people are real, but they're not anomalies. They're not born of random chance, and they're never some sort of demigod-like savior that can lead us to a mythical promised land. They're inherently damaged, fallible human beings that even find themselves victim to pure evil, but they're people. Normal people that found the courage to unlock the potential to inspire followers or to do something great for humanity. Potential that is in all of us. An analysis of why people follow ideologues into immoral pursuits is another area I plan to explore, explore in the future. Uh, but for now, I will simply say that leaders are complicated. That the people that find themselves surrounded by praise for being what we would call great men by the definition of this theory, are never free of flaws. They are never worthy of the sanitized adulation professed by their fan clubs, nor do they merit smearing for those same flaws while ignoring the morally sound great deeds for which they are also responsible. Uh, in the case of Hitler, I believe the only fairness that could be offered is that he very likely wasn't born that way. It's always complicated. It's important we recognize that and understand that a hero can exist in the same exact footprints as a villain, and we can understand and accept them to be both simultaneously. We can accept them for exactly who they are, good or bad, likely both. 
and decide individually how we believe they added or took value from the world and our lives without needing to convince others of our conclusions. Uh, so with that, I already found some flaws in the article, that are like just grammatical and spelling and such that I need to fix. But um, this was a, a fun, I don't know, like a fun exploration for me. And, and literally, as I'm reading it, I can find uh, like places for someone to argue against it, which uh, to me is kind of exciting. Um, and even it's like even as I finish the article and, and read it and put it out there, I, like I, I can already see the areas in which I might even change my mind on certain things um, based on further research and based on uh, comments and, and feedback and, and arguments from all of you, which I'm also excited about. Um, the, the, like the idea that somebody could just be so transcendent um, that they could lead an organization to success based on some like, in inherent ability or like intangible that they were born with or basically that they have something you don't have um to me feels inaccurate i, I just don't believe it i've seen too many uh and i've talked about this on the d guts podcast but i've seen too many people successfully lead a group of people that possess almost none of the classical like abilities or traits that that somebody would um list on, on the side of like transformational leadership like somebody if they were going to build like the ideal transformational great man style leader i like i've seen too many people that just are the antithesis of this um but are good people who found a way to be who they are uh do that in an authentic manner and inspire organizations of people to follow them. And I think that that's the part where um, that idea that like, it's one of the quotes where I, I read um, basically the idea that somebody is uh, only a great leader because their followers allow it, right? Like your followers following you is what makes you by def any definition great, right? You can't, I mean, I could stand in a field by myself and uh, think to myself that how great I am and that my ideas are amazing. And I'm out there just going through or, or like oration and, and giving speeches and th like maybe printing and distributing pamphlets or books or, or whatever I'm doing, even through this podcast, right? Like, like, I anybody that by any definition thinks I'm good at this only makes me relevant by listening and, and thinking I'm good at it. Um, oh, there's probably a bunch of people that think I'm terrible at it and that's fine. But it, it don't, all of these things only work if the people that are involved provide the validation through um, like lending their, uh, it'd be like co-signing, like lending their certification to you, which they can remove at any time, which is why you see like the, some of the bad leaders in history. And I say bad, like morally uh, disagreeable is probably a mild way of putting it like morally wrong. in a lot of cases, when you see those types of leaders or dictators or, or whatever you want to call them, uh, let their just ego and hubris absolutely consume them they then get removed from power a lot of the time by those followers removing their uh, support. So um, like I, it's, it's interesting. I like uh, 
I like the idea of anyone can do it. Um, and I think it's accurate on a spectrum. Like, I think that there are certainly, you could certainly argue that there are tr- like natural leadership traits, right? Like just things that, that uh, on the, in a leader, if they just are naturally uh, gifted or whatever you want to call it, they just by luck of the draw have, you know, like a big booming voice and they just um, maybe they've developed a skill for like public speaking and, and um, like ex- just ex- extemporaneous speaking, like just on the spot, just talking and, and being able to do it in a way that inspires a group of people or motivates a group of people. It's like you would say that they're predisposed almost to being a leader, almost like um, somebody that's really athletic that decides to play sports, right? Like that athleticism is going to uh, help a lot. But then there's people out there like there's there's stories within a lot of those types of um, physical endeavors where somebody becomes so skilled just by extremely hard work. And, and granted, they couldn't always um, do the thing if they didn't have like a certain baseline of physical ability, but they're not they don't have the same gifts as, as some of the other people, but they just outwork the other people. So it's it's fun to analyze like someone's leadership potential right like i feel like by virtue of it just being leadership like anyone can do it there there's not a lot of inherent abilities that do anything except maybe make it a little easier across a broad sample size like across like a a large diverse sample size i would think that there are certain things that would be like if you took a vote would be appealing traits in a leader but not necessarily universal. And I I think even in those people, even in those potential followers, what you find is even though they'll, they'll provide you with this feedback of like, yeah, you know, like, like a command presence and um, like clear ability to communicate and maybe they look a certain way or they, or, or whatever that when presented with one of those leaders that don't fit inside what you would consider some kind of stereotypical, typically traditional mold, but they are authentic people that are good at building trust and just showing you that they care about you. It's amazing how quick that group will accept that leader. Um, and, and I've seen that in my own experience. And I think many of you have as well. So, um, I don't know. I just wanted to go down this road. I'm going to explore a lot of these different types of leadership theories um, because it goes in line with something else I'm probably going to do next as far as just say like completely destroying the construct of leadership styles and how I just think that that idea of a style of like a a one style being applied to one leader and and then them applying that to every single person that works for them is ridiculous um, and doesn't work. But it's the the theories in themselves is kind of where those styles come from and i I don't think a theory isn't like i think a theory is worth exploring and i think it's worth like analyzing and taking the good parts out of it um because i think theory implies that it's not you know like it's not fact it's just something that somebody thought of and and thinks would work but it's it's often argued quite often like when you go into like these articles it's it's something that they kind of present the arguments for and against and then present an analysis kind of like i was trying to do here um and so it's it's fun to explore and and 
analyze them myself and, and pull out those lessons learned because I think there's tools, there's mechanisms that you could use across the diverse audience for that you have that you're leading right like the the end user of your leadership they're going to be a very diverse group of human beings with very different needs and then you can apply those mechanisms as needed at like as to meet those people's individual unique needs and in in order to have enough mechanisms and the correct mechanisms you need to you need to explore this stuff uh, so i'm going to go down the theory road a lot because i think there's a lot of goodness to pull from it but i'm not going to uh, ever subscribe to any of those or like present any of them as like concrete leadership styles that okay this is just the answer like this is just the thing that you can and should do um to be a good leader or even a great one um with that, if you need anything from us, as always, hit us up, don't go up to ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us, don't go up to ship podcast, or you can DM us on Instagram or Reddit at DGUS Podcast. Uh, if you want to support us, there's a donate button on the website. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. If you want to, uh, go to Don't Give Up the Ship Apparel, get some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Uh, the apparel thing is something I'm really proud of, and I would really, uh, I really think you would enjoy it. So check that out, uh, dgutsapparel.com. Um, and then you could subscribe on Substack. That would be uh, appreciated as well to continue. You can follow this content. You can get the podcast on Spotify or iTunes or anywhere else. There's podcasts. Um, there'll be the free ones that come out. Of, if you subscribe to the to the premium side of the house, you'll get some content that everybody else doesn't um, because eventually I got to pay the rent with this stuff. So <laughs> and with that, uh, that's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. Mm-hmm.